Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And good Saturday morning and welcome aboard to those of you a little bit early this morning on some of our stations. Glad to have you with us on this Saturday morning. And, boy, I've got a busy program coming up for you today. Uh, more Christmas gift ideas. If you've got a sportsman or a sportswoman on your list that just seems to have everything, well, we may have some products and services that they do not. Maybe we can help you get some shopping done so you have more time to get out there and do that hunting and fishing. Well, this week, in fact, uh, yesterday, we had a Mississippi squirrel hunt, old school style, with dogs and lots of hunters and lots of fun. And if you got a chance to look at my Facebook page recently, you see a picture of a strange resemblance between two creatures we encountered out there. So take a look at that. Uh, also, we've got uh, live fishing reports, as always. Uh, Glenn Sanchez is going to be filling in for Robbie Campo. Robbie's back deer hunting in Kentucky, so... We'll get Glenn to update us, as he has done for so many years. Uh, also, we got a big thank you going out this morning to hunters in the state of Louisiana for their generous contributions of uh, some of their game and actually some of the fishermen, too, to Hunters for the Hungry. We'll tell you how that's been working out this year. Also, a group of fishermen, if you fish offshore, uh, you're being asked by the Gulf Council to help provide information to better manage them. And, and in particular, I don't know what they mean by this, but they're looking for any strange grouper stories that you might have. So maybe you can help them with that. And we also got some uh, good news for Louisiana hunters who have been wanting hunter education certification. Uh, it's going to be available online, all online, very soon. It'll be available. And I know a lot of you have been texting and emailing and calling uh, the show to find out when that's going to be available in Louisiana. We kind of trail behind the other states. Well, it's on the horizon, and hopefully it'll have a great launch, and I'll give you some more details if you'd like to take advantage of that. Got another question that popped up this week. Is South Louisiana on the verge of a deadly duck pandemic? we got a human pandemic going on in this country. What about waterfowl? Um, I'll explain that to you a little bit later on. Also, uh, with the help of self-incriminating social media posts, two Louisiana guys have admitted to buying and selling flying squirrels. <laughs> you guessed it. That's our bad boys of the outdoors. And don't, don't forget, uh, coming up on the very last show of the year, which will be in two weeks, uh, you, the audience, will help make the selection of our baddest of the bad. Uh, we're in the process of assembling the finalists. There will be four or five of them for you to choose from, and someone will be named the baddest of the bad. So we'll look fun. It's always a lot of fun to do that. Also, we're going to give a post and text uh, here at 504-260-1870 while we're on the air. We take these texts directly into the studio. Unfortunately, we cannot accept photographs. Uh, but if you want to send me a picture, I'd love to see them. You can send that to me by way of my email contact button at the website, Don the Outdoors Guy, G-U-I, dot com. 
And we also have uh, today a coastal marine forecast for you. It's going to be a little wet stuff they're calling for, about a 50% chance of rain, but not all day. could be most of the morning, depending on where you're located. Then we've got a frontal system coming uh, inside waters today. You're looking at west winds, 5 to 10, with a light chop. Not too bad on the intensity, but a west wind, with very few exceptions, uh, there's not a lot of good areas that thrive in Louisiana and Mississippi coast on a west wind. There are some, but not many. Offshore, southwest winds 15 to 20, 3 to 5 foot seas. You know, it's that old good old sucking effect where the high winds start coming in off the Gulf, and eventually they move around to the southwest, west, and then finally northwest and north as we get some good cooler air coming in. Uh, tomorrow, much better conditions. Southeast wind 5 to 10 on the inside lakes and bays, a little bit of a light chop. Offshore, uh, reducing to about 10 knots, uh, variable wind east and southerly, and one to two foot seas. Uh, Good news, Mississippi River continues to fall. That's always a great thing this time of the year. It's about 4.6. It might have a little slight rise before the next fall. Tidal range, average tide, got a lot of water moving today, 1.5. And there's been some really good fishing reports. Uh, Good news for deer hunters in, in many areas as we approach the Christmas, New Year weeks, a lot of the state's deer go into the rut, which means uh, doe chasing goes on. Deer are much more uh, susceptible, particularly those big old wily bucks that lay up during the daytime and come out at night. They kind of lose their caution. So uh, deer hunters are going to be in their glory. Got duck season going on. We got uh, in the middle of a split. There'll be a second split coming on what has been so far a very surprisingly good year, given the, the, the dire forecast that was put out by the wildlife and fisheries they were looking for maybe the worst season in 52 years well it's not over but the first season was anything but that a lot of conditions up the flyway have caused birds to get back to maybe more than their normal migration route so we got that coming up a lot of fishing reports coming in jeff brule's going to talk about a new product not only does he keep us up to date on the freshwater fishing scene he also is a guy who <clears throat> likes to experiment with a lot of new products, and he's got one to talk about this morning, so we'll, we'll do that. And also, I've got some products to tell you about. One of them uh, is called the Quick Camo Camo Hat and Front Face Concealment. Basically, it's a hat and a mask all in one. Great little product. Uh, you can buy those, and uh, if you mention my coupon, it's Don44. I'm sorry, DD. It's the initials, DD44. Uh, you get a discount, and it's spelled Q-U-I-K-C-A-M-O, Quick Camo with a K, and you can order those online. They come in all the great patterns, mossy oak and some of the others, so take advantage of that. That's a, a product that maybe uh, your hunter or hunter on your list does not have. Uh, another great one that I want to pass along is a book. Uh, books make great gifts. And Terry Jones, who's a fellow member of the Louisiana Outdoor Writer Association, has a book out called Louisiana Pastimes. In fact, he's written several of them. Uh, he was a history professor. He's now retired, and he participates in outdoor writing. And this is a, a great book. It's all about ancient fishing methods, uh, hippopotamus in Louisiana, squirrel stampede, and a lot of other fascinating stories. It's called Louisiana Pastimes. You can find it on Amazon. And also you can check out Terry Jones. I think you can get him off his website, too. Uh, that's another one. And also, uh, let me throw this out to you. Over the weeks, you, you may be hearing uh, some commercials that I have produced for an organization called Compassion International. 
And you may have heard me mention my sponsored child's name, Valerie, who lives in Honduras. Uh, she soon, she's going to be 10 years old next month, and I've been sponsoring her for about three years. Uh, this organization uh, gives them uh, the economic resources that kids who grow up in poverty have to, to give them a chance and also some spiritual guidance. It's a great organization, and you might want to consider doing that for Christmas, maybe giving the gift of a sponsorship. Go to Compassion International. You'll also find a little link on my website at Don the Outdoors Guy. It makes some children very, very happy. All right, we got a break coming up, and we come back. We're going to talk to Glenn Sanchez. Haven't talked to Glenn in a while. He's going to update us on the fishing situation down in the parish, as they call it, of St. Bernard. He's up next, and then that'll be followed by Jeff Brule. And don't forget, send us some texts. we got a few coming in. It's 504 504- Two six zero one eight seventy. Love to hear from you on Saturday mornings. It's part of what we do right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. I right, got a message uh, last night from Robbie Campo and Campo's Marine in Shell Beach. He was uh, returning to Kentucky. He had some unfinished deer business to take care of. So good luck to you, Robbie, if you're listening and filling in for him today. It was Glenn Sanchez who updated us for years from the Breton Sound Marine in Hopedale. Very familiar with giving fishing reports, and hopefully he's got a good one for us. Glenn, how are you doing this morning? Good morning, Don. Let me tell you, at least the fishermen today are going to have some water because they didn't have any during the week. I mean, the water right now is probably 16 inches higher than it's been all week because it was dead low. It was extremely low, dangerously low early on in the week. But they still caught fish. (laughs) Catching fish without water. It's got to be good. Yeah, well. Well, you know, you, you find yourself a deep hole, and, and they're either going to be in the deep hole or they're going to be coming up on that flat to try and lay in the sun, you know, to warm up a little bit. But, no, that people still caught fish, and uh, it doesn't seem like it makes a difference where you go, in the Biloxi Marsh or along the channel or Gallego, St. Marlow, um, behind the dam, you know, that they're still catching fish. So it, it's a wonderful time of year. Glenn, is it redfish and trout or one or the other or both? Well, actually, it's it, it's trout, it's it's uh, redfish, it's sheephead, it's it's bass, it's a little bit of everything, you know. Uh, it's it's just been good. Glenn, you've been down there a long time and, and keeping your your finger on the pulse of the fishing down that way. How far has bass fishing come down there? Huh? I mean, that was unheard of. Well, you'd catch them every now and then, rarely at certain times of the year. But man, it seems like bass fishing in that area now has just become a, a regular mainstay. People go out expecting to catch bass. Well, you know, I mean, they they, they put so much fresh water in here, and the fish have adapted to it, and. Uh... They 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 thriving. I tell you, what's really thriving too is these freshwater catfish, which are delicious. I caught one the other day, probably about eight pounds. You should have seen the slabs of meat I got off of that thing. <laughs> yeah, that's always welcome in my boat too. Uh, Glenn, what size are the trout running right now? Are these little school trout that typically go along the winter time, or is there some big ones mixed in? Oh, they they got some nice ones mixed in. I mean, uh, matter of fact, I, I fished yesterday evening by myself. And I was kind of, I was really selective of what I caught. I kept everything 13 plus, and I caught 25 before the sun went down, so it wasn't too bad, you know. Uh, I probably caught 50, 60 fish total, and kept my 25, the ones I wanted, and released the rest. Well, then I'm gonna let you play meteorologist for a second here. What's the weather forecast looking like down there right now? Right now, it's it. It's got a little, a little, feel like a south or southwest wind, 
It's not blowing that bad. There's, there's, there's no rain. I can see some stars. So, uh, I mean, I, if I was going fishing today, I, I wouldn't hesitate. I, I jump on it, and as always, bring a rain suit in the boat. That's the only place you need a rain suit is in the boat. Yeah, well, on you. I'm looking at the radar, and uh, it, as a line, it's pretty obvious. It's between uh, Baton Rouge and New Orleans, kind of extends uh, to, up through Mississippi, and it's moving from the northwest to the southeast. And so once that thing gets through here, it's going to be nice behind it. But so you got some time in front of it and behind it. you got to time your trips right to stay out of that stuff, you know, because it looks like there's some, well, some heavier stuff around the Gonzales-Donaldsonville area extending on down through uh, Morgan City right now. Well, the main thing in the wintertime, especially, I mean, definitely in the wintertime, you cannot get wet. So you cannot go out there unprepared. You need to have a rain suit in case something was to blow up. And you need to have extra clothes in the boat in case somebody falls overboard in this kind of weather. You know? So you need to be prepared in the wintertime because that water is extremely cold and you can get yourself in trouble if you get wet. What's the bait situation down there for the live bait guys? No, they got they got plenty plenty bait. The, the bait's pretty. Uh, it works fantastic, and and uh, the the trout love them. <laughs> yeah. Glenn, you mentioned sheephead. Uh, we had an interesting sheephead trip uh, last week. We went with some uh, ultralight jigging poles and pontchartrain and caught them. Uh, the the wrap on sheephead is they're great eating, but they they're tough to clean. What is your method? I know you put a fillet knife on many many fish. What's your method on cleaning sheephead? The easiest, quickest way. The easiest and quickest way is you just take the top fillet off. And when I say that, just from the lateral line up, and and leave everything else. Just take that that good fillet and then come back and then trim it off to where you cut the bone. And the red line, you know, the bloodline off, and you end up with a beautiful piece of meat, and it's delicious. It's absolutely probably one of the best pieces of fish they have out there right now for us. You know, the yeah, trout's good. I... You know, but the, the sheep has got that little firm of meat, and it really it cooks up nice. Yeah, if I were going to vote for an underutilized saltwater fish, it, it's got to be the sheephead because, I mean, there's no limits. If you need them for a big fish fry, you can stack them up, and, you know, there's no minimum size. If you want to clean the small ones, you can keep them, or you can do catch and release. And and they're really underestimated for the fight they put up to, man. They can, they can oh. sometimes take some drag on you, the big ones. You know, it, it, it's funny, you know, I mean, because we look at them as underutilized fish, but the last well. Thanksgiving week, I had grandkids down, and I took them fishing. We had, like, 20-something trout in the boat. They were having a ball. And then one of them caught a sheephead. It was a nice hide. And he bragged about this sheephead, and then the other one caught a sheephead, and they thought they had the world, you know, because they had these two <laughs> big sheepheads. And they had all these yeah. beautiful trout. And they weren't even worried yep. by the trout because they caught them big sheephead. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a good kid's fish. And, you know, I always think about a guy, and you remember Charlie Frank. You know, he used to come sure. out of your marina. Sure. And he was a sheephead specialist. He loved them. Oh, he, he loved sheephead and drum. That man would go out to the cut in the rocks and put three anchors down so his boat wouldn't move and sit there all day long <laughs> and then come back and, and brag about all these big drum and sheephead that he caught. But that man, yeah. he... He, he was uh, 
a world class man. I mean, he 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 was he was just awesome. He really was. I mean, he had a picture that he gave us years ago where I think he had a water buffalo that he killed in Africa. I mean, he he's been on safaris and everything else. Yeah. yeah, and and to find that sheep had excited him was was really interesting. And uh, recently, uh, his wife uh, provided me some of his old articles and documentation. It's a it's a treasure trove, and I'm trying to get it hooked up to put it in a, a museum someplace because he was certainly into the waterfowl photography and promoted the duck carving. And like you said, was a world traveler and hunted safaris. And I also remember a picture of him with one of the biggest alligators ever taken out of Louisiana down there around the. Uh, big lake area and what a guy and you know simple yeah, thing like yeah. a sheephead got him all lit up yeah. <laughs> it was interesting you know it's amazing because he, he would go to the amazon and fish peacock bass and come back <laughs> yeah. and talk about peacock bass and get in the boat and go fish sheephead <laughs> <laughs> yeah Great interesting guy. guy glenn Great talking to you. If I don't see you before, have a Merry Christmas, you and the family, and thanks for filling in for Robbie. We appreciate the information. You do the same, and all the listeners, y'all have a Merry Christmas, and definitely be safe out there. And don't forget, this time of year they have nights out there, so be prepared. (laughs) If there's no wind, they show up. (laughs) They will be there. You can count on it. All right, when we come back after this, Jeff Rule is going to give us a freshwater fishing report for you to go out and catch some bass, white perch, sockeye. It's all coming next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And Jeff Brule provides us with a bass fishing and freshwater fishing report. It's a compliments of Berkeley, a division of pure fishing. And if you're looking for stocking stuff, as boy, as Berkeley got them. I'm talking fishing line, catfish flippers, waist scales, fillet knives, you name it. If it's for fishing, Berkeley has it, and they are a division of pure fishing. Good morning, Jeff. Well, let's talk bass because that seems to be the, the big issue here lately in the last several weeks. Uh, maybe start out way down river, down around Venice, a place you've been hanging out a little bit this year. Yeah, it's good news. The river's falling again. It's right about five feet. <clears throat> the ports have been pretty good, uh, but if the wind comes up, muddies up the Gulf, it kind of goes in with the incoming tide, and the fish could be tough. And, I mean, they catch them from Venice all the way down river. <clears throat> you hit the canes on the main passes still. That's kind of the uh, technique to, in places to try. And I don't think there's a duck season open this weekend, so it means everything's pretty much wide open. Uh, I did get a report yesterday from some buddies of mine, and they, they did struggle a little bit. They caught fish, but it you know, wasn't the typical Venice dream fishing trip where you catch like 100. But it all depends on the tide and the water clarity, and if it's coming in, it makes it a little tougher sometimes. If the water's a little higher because of the wind or something, sometimes that makes it tough. But just to take a Berkeley Red Shad power bait worm, that's just the old standby. You just work it around the bottom off the bank and through the paint canes and then if you found some vegetation you can uh use a pit boss or change up punch through those mats and that's kind of the best setup to try when you find vegetation because your little better fish will be up under those mats that red shed worm has always been a staple down there fishing those canes down in venice i guess that's because it's it's a crawfish color and that's basically what they're feeding on there's tons of crawfish rolling down that river yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize they are worms and eels and other things like that shape in the water that come out of the ground underneath the water. Like you go dig in your yard, they got grubs and worms and all that. And it's the same thing on the river bottom. So I think those fish relate. I think they think it's maybe like an eel or a snake or something, and they, they, they jump on it. I mean, it's good. It, anywhere in the country, you can take a red shad worm catch fish on it. it it's just a great colored bait to 
if you don't know what to try, just go to that. That's a basic color, and it, it should produce fish for you. Jeff, you know, the other great river basin we have in Louisiana is the Atchafalaya, and we haven't been talking about a lot about it lately. There's been some hit or miss, but it's getting right now because that river's falling. Tell us what's going on over there. Yeah, the Morgan City gauge is at about 2.4 feet, which below 4 feet, that means it's not out in the woods, and the fishing gets pretty good. Um, now I've had some good reports from Henderson all the way down to Morgan City. Uh, just like in my little thing note I put up there, small spots with big results. Uh, that's kind of how fishing is this time of year. You you might fish two hours and not get a bite, and then you pull up to a point or a drain or something, and you'll catch ten in that one spot. It's you got to cover water this time of year to find those areas. And same thing with the basin. You got to hit wood cover, maybe a treetop, or lay down and. Or take a spinner bait, slow roll spinner bait off a drop off or, or through a drain or something, and then just you know fish somewhere about 10, 15 minutes, move down the bank to another spot, just keep trying until you find a pattern. But I have got some good sockley reports over there. It's, that's improved with the falling river. They said the big pigeon area is uh, a good spot. You start searching the dead ends now for you know you want clean water and and you want to try to find some fish in it. Uh, ports were black to chartreuse tubes or garland blue ice under a cart that's just a good way to start and say fish are down about two to three foot slow retrieve and if they get a cold front like we might get a little bluebird day today you might want to try a little deeper yep you know it's it's tough when you guys are trying to hunt and the fishing reports are so good you get caught between and you try to do both jeff you mentioned uh, a lot of fish in small spots uh, i call those fish oases uh, you you go out to an area and it's like an oasis in the desert you don't find any fish and then all of a sudden you'll just find them stacked up you and c mac uh, chris macaluso had that experience in chef pass recently and you might want to talk about that so people can kind of keep that in their mind when they're fishing yeah, it, it's kind of funny. Uh, just some days everything falls right into place. Uh, me and Chris decided we we're going to go down and we we're going to fish a few trout first and then, you know, go catch some bass. Well, we got down to the Mr. Go and the rocks and uh, we found a spot. Uh, yeah, I don't really want to talk about it on the radio because we've had like several guides call us after we post stuff on Facebook. So, But it, you know, it was funny. We had it all ourselves. People could see us. They was passing by us all day long and we sat there and we ended up catching about. 20 to 30 nice big trout and um it took us about two hours to do that we kind of left them biting because we want to go catch some bass and we head up in the marsh around the chef pass area and we caught 20 bass so we had a had a great day the trout came off a three-eighth ounce jig head just bouncing off the bottom with a ultraviolet matrix shad and uh chris has a worm injector he makes moles worms out of the moles and uh he had a paddle tail worm and he Pours a color called Delacro Crab. It's kind of a dark watermelon with green and red flakes. And we basically just use that, and we caught fish off of it. It was a good bait, and uh, hopefully he's going to pour me a big old sack of them because uh, I sure did like them. But the, the fish were around posts and pylons and any kind of wood cover in the water and then main channels. And then um, if you got in like a bayou and it had a thick grass bed, you just flip the worm on the edge of it, and we got plenty of bites. Yep, that Chef Pass is a great wintertime spot for multi-species. Jeff, uh, tell me about this new product Berkeley is putting out, a, a new line product. It's, it sounds incredible. Yeah, it's a great um, product. Uh, I love it mainly because of the price. It is a little bit less expensive than, like, pure fluorocarbon. But uh, most of your monofilaments are what they call copolymers. It just means it's different kind of compounds infused 
different kind of nylons and stuff infused into a line. But what they did was they took added fluorocarbon to it, so you get a really abrasive-resistant line, and it's less visible underwater than than mono. And I mean, I've been using it catching fish. Uh, it's about half the price of regular fluorocarbon, so it, it you know it's one of those products that, like I said, if you're flipping canes, you'd want to use it. Um, you know, maybe in a little bit more stained water. A place where you know it's not ideal for fluorocarbon that you really wouldn't be required to have it, but it comes from six to thirty pound test spools, and so that's good for white perch or trout or even flipping a cane. So you, it covers just about every spectrum. But again, it's tough. It's abrasive, a lot stronger than regular fluorocarbon, and uh, I can spool a lot more often because it costs a little bit less for me. So it, it's a great new product they got out. You need to check it out. And give that name out again one more time for people that are going to be looking for it. Berkeley Floor Shield. Best of both worlds. Great report, yep. Jeff. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, you heading out today, or are you going to kind of watch that weather? I'm going to watch the weather. It's just kind of had a few showers up here towards Madisonville, Covington area, and the line's coming through, and it's probably going to be about 10, 11 o'clock before it gets all the way through, but um, it'll probably just take it easy today. And uh, I got a little fruit arch that I could go rake some straw to mulch my trees with, so that might be what I do this afternoon. Sound like a plan. Jeff, thanks as always. We appreciate the report, and we'll catch up with you next time. Thanks, Don. All right, Jeff Brule, our freshwater and bass field reporter. Coming back after this, going to tell you about our Mississippi squirrel hunt yesterday. <laughs> Had a lot of fun doing that. Also, where you can watch it, because we got a, a lot of film and video we shot yesterday, but too. And also, your text messages. All coming up next on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And this morning, we're keeping an eye on a frontal system. I mean, a classic-looking frontal system. It's not very wide, but it's extending from uh, up into Mississippi and northern Alabama on a southwest direction. Uh, get ready to approach the western end of Lake Pontchartrain over Lake Maurepas and extending back uh, a little bit to the north of ha- Homa and out into the Gulf, and it's moving uh, pretty rapidly, so it should be in and out of here pretty soon. But uh, if you head it out this morning, uh, make note that it's there because uh, within a, a narrow band, there's some pretty intense raining going on there, but most of it is moderate to light rain, and it's going to be around a while and then clear up, and you know the drill. We'll get the switch and temperature drop and uh, what we should be getting this time of the year. All right, uh, got some text messages coming in. Justin's in the refuge in Gentilly. He says he remembers his first duck hunt with his late Uncle John. He introduced him to the duck call. He let him call it, and he said he could call ducks better than he could. Now, I got a little intel on you, Justin. I happen to know that you uh, have some musical talent, and it's always been fascinating to me. I've, I've always found that some of the best duck callers were also either professional musicians or pretty good amateur musicians, and it's all in that rhythm and pattern thing, and I think that's why you had some success blowing the duck call. All right, we're going to take a quick station identification pause, and when I come back, I'm going to tell you about my Mississippi squirrel hunt yesterday. A lot of fun, and you can see it on an upcoming episode in Season 6 of Bayou Wild TV. More details on it right after we pause for our local stations to identify themselves on the outdoors with and you may recall Ray Stevens' hit song, The Mississippi Squirrel Revival. That thing was pretty controversial. I guess you could say it was politically incorrect in its day, but it's a lot, it's a, actually a funny, very humorous song. But anyway, we had a little Mississippi Squirrel Revival earlier this week. In fact, yesterday we were hunting up in Woodville, Mississippi, uh, Jeff Rogers, the sanctuary. And it was the first time since he has owned the property that 
squirrel hunting took place, and uh, we were not disappointed. A lot of gray squirrels had a couple of good feist dogs. Uh, Jim Walker, who is the ex-information director for the Mississippi Department of Wildlife and Fisheries, was along on the trip. Uh, we also had uh, Kevin Peel, who is a vine shaker, vine puller extraordinaire. And if you've ever hunted uh, squirrels in, in the woods where you've got vines up in the trees, you, you, someone grabs the vines, you pull them and shake them and gets the squirrel to move because otherwise they're going to flatten out up there on the top of those treetops and you have a very hard time of finding them. Uh, Martha Spencer and Chris Lecoq from Bayou Wild TV were along. Uh, we filmed it, and you will get to see some of that on an upcoming episode of Bayou Wild TV. In fact, we got a really exciting season ahead for Season 6, and I've been telling you all through the last couple of months some of the things we've been working on, and that's going to be kicking off. And also, one of the unique things about being up there at the sanctuary, uh, we're getting ready to produce our 100th episode of Bayou Wild TV. And the very first episode was filmed in the place where we were yesterday at the sanctuary. And Martha Spencer was, at that time, was new to hunting. She's become quite an accomplished hunter since then. Of course, she's a licensed charter captain for the fishing. Uh, She took her first deer ever. And the next morning, we woke up to a beautiful winter wonderland. It was that snowfall that took place back there a couple of years ago. And everything was flocked, and it was during the Christmas season, and it was a great start of things to come for Bayou Wild TV, and we kind of had a reunion up there yesterday, and uh, had a great time uh, with following the dogs and walking through the hills, and, uh, and we saw an interesting creature up there, too. If you look on my Facebook page, take a look at it and comment and see if you can identify it. Chris Lecoq, our cameraman, happened to catch it on, on tape, and it, stra- it bears a strong resemblance to the Sasquatch, so... Uh, Maybe you can identify who or what that is. All right, coming back after this, more of your texts. Thank you for sending them. The number is 504-260-1870. Questions, comments, we take it all. Also, we got more fishing reports, and we got a couple of guys that decided they were going to sell the flying squirrel. You know, it wasn't exactly rocky, but uh, they were busted by wildlife and fisheries with the help from themselves. We'll tell you their story, too. All that's still to come right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And uh, coming up uh, during the Christmas holidays in a couple of weeks, uh, I'm going to be headed to Kansas. Uh, didn't get enough of that pheasant hunting. Going to be taking a little pooch smoky and uh, also going up there with uh, daughter number one. You've heard her on the radio, Cherie, and their three German short hairs, Briley and Dixie and Chance, and uh, going to try to bag some pheasants up there during the Christmas week. Uh, all right, we got more text messages coming in. Uh, let's see, we heard from Justin in the Gentilly Refuge. Here's one from the Backstrap Stacker, checking in from Clark County, Alabama, hoping to, for a good hunt this morning, waiting for the front to move through. Yeah, if you're going to be in a deer stand, you better be in a good covered one or have a really good rain suit until that system gets through. Uh, he says his, his patches, meaning his food plots need the, the rain. It's been a dry fall in South Alabama. Well, Backstrap Stacker, I happen to be here in Alabama this morning. Uh, can't divulge my exact location. I'm on a special mission here this morning that it will remain secret it's i'm working undercover all right we also have a question coming in hey don planning a trip to the lump lump of course being uh that underwater a mountain basically off the mouth of the river that attracts a lot of offshore species uh it says what month would you suggest for quantity not size on yellowfin 
That's uh, Tony. Listen to us in Gautier, Mississippi. Uh, Tony, my opinion on that is going to be February, March. That's usually the two big months when the lump turns on, depending on conditions and weather. Uh, it could be a little later, could be a little earlier into it. I'm going to talk to Daryl Carpenter because he's familiar with it too, and uh, maybe if Martha Spencer, who regularly fishes that lump, and she's getting ready for that spring season there, maybe she could narrow it down a little bit and give you some advice. But uh, you'll catch both, actually. You'll catch uh, quantity and also size. Now, there's also a run generally happens in the month of October. Uh, you fish the shrimp boats, the offshore shrimp boats, when they're culling their catch and throwing it over the side. It attracts a lot of those tuna, and those are not the big ones, but you can catch a quantity of them. But you got to remember, you got pretty short limits on tuna, and, and actually, Wahoo, too, is a good time. This is, spring is a good time to fish the Wahoo offshore, too. All right, we also have, uh, let's see, sitting in the box in a beta, waiting on Mr. John. Whoever Mr. John is, caught 20 green trout. That's bass, for those of you not familiar with the term. Uh, two of us, glad you mentioned that because the limit is 10. We'll have people wanting to turn you in for that. Uh, a month ago in the Biloxi Marsh, alongside of two limits of reds and a handful of trout. Love this state. Yeah, well, I can understand that. Hope you get one of those bucks. Uh, that, that rut is just on the verge of kicking off in, in your area, I can tell you that. Uh, we got another one says, uh, good morning. I have to work this weekend, but your show is on the shop, here at the shop. All of us up here are fans, loyal listeners, love your show. Have a great day. That's the Irish Kunas, who's, uh, I think he's in Alabama, too. Seems like everybody's in Alabama this morning. Uh, and thank you for the, the kind compliments. Love having you here. All right, we also have another one says, I enjoy your Saturday mornings when I can't sleep. <laughs> Happy hunting holidays. Merry Christmas to you, and God bless. That's from D. See, and let's see, Dixie Ranch, they're checking in this morning. They have a nice hunt, friendly people, and having a great dinner tonight. Everyone be safe. Yeah, Dixie Ranch is there in the uh, North Shore area in Lacombe. Great bunch of folks, a lot of tradition and heritage there. Uh, we also have the Pistol Hunter headed to Natchez. The bucks are frisky. Yeah, deer hunting is uh, reaching its peak in Mississippi and Louisiana. It comes a little bit later in Alabama. They actually have a late rut in January and kind of goes back to where some of their transplanted deer came from, that they brought their late rut tendencies with them. And who knows how many decades or maybe a century it'll take for them to adjust that and actually get on a more uh, timely rut that would be closer to what happens in the Deep South. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break here. i got some more text to share with you a little bit later on, but we got Daryl Carpenter coming up next with a Grand Isle Fishing Report. And you'll hear it right here on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque. And Captain Daryl Carpenter of RealScreamers.com joins us now for a fishing report from the Grand Isle, Leeville, Golden Meadow areas. And, Daryl, are you going to sit this one out till that front passes through? It's getting very near your area here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, It looks like it might have a little bit of a punch to it, too. So we're going to wait and see what's behind it, that's for sure. Definitely. Well, what's been uh, the pattern if if they had one this week? Well, it, you know, it kind of kind of warmed up a little bit this week, so it kind of it kind of varied a little bit. The week started off, you know, fish a little bit deeper, like we had talked about last week. You know, kind of hanging in that deeper water and, and showing up. And that look, Don, the tides have been real low all week long. So that morning tide has been extremely low. So it's it's been one of those typical wintertime thing. It's it's no rush to get out there in the morning. You know, just kind of kind of sleep in a little bit, eat your good breakfast, and then hit the water. And it's been it's been proven a little bit better because as it warms up a little bit with that sun, the fish seem to get a little more active. 
uh, evening trips have been really good this time of the year and, and in this past week. Um, the the pattern has been look, it, you know, if you if you've got live bait, which we typically always leave with live bait, whether it be minnows or a few shrimp left here and there, um, you know that you can have that. But this time of the year, those fish hit plastic so well. I mean, if you're fishing for trout to where you're out in that open water, you know the plastic is a whole lot. It's it's productive. Is the only way you can say it. Um, so I mean, it's while it's always nice to have that live bait for the backup, the the plastic's been doing well under a cog mostly. You know, with the with the folks we take fishing, they're not they're not always the most experienced folks. So having that strike indicator is a whole lot better for them a lot of times. Um, you know, so the inshore has been nice and steady. It, it's been good. I mean, you know, it's not necessarily limits coming in. But I can tell you there's a, there's been a few boats that got out offshore on a couple of days when it laid down. And, man, that Wahoo bite has been just, just tremendous out to the west. Um, I haven't really seen what they're, you know, what they're doing as far as the tuna run. You know, the tuna is still hitting kind of south of Venice and, and over toward the east of us. But the boats that have been leaving and going to the west have been seeing some really good Wahoo action offshore. So, I mean, there's, you know, it's that typical time of the year here. We're coming up on the holidays and it's kind of getting slow for us and everything. But, I mean, if you're willing to go put in the time and pick your day when the weather lets you, man, the, the fish are still there to, to give you some good entertainment. Darrell, I had a listener text earlier, wanted to know uh, about planning a trip to the lump. Uh, what month would they suggest so for the quantity, not necessarily the big ones? Uh, I'm thinking that February-March framework is when the peak of it happens, and you can certainly put the quantity in. But then again, you got that October run where the shrimp boat fishing takes place. What's your thoughts on that? If you were going to suggest typically, and it can change from year to year, but what is the best month to get the numbers on the tuna, not necessarily the big ones, 100-pound plus or so? Uh, Don, I would say, I mean, if you want numbers, it, it would either be typically starting that August time frame is when, you know, even some of the close-in deep rigs, the, the Medusas and, and those areas, you know, that where you're not having to do that 80, 90-mile run, it, it typically starts up about August. It seems like that's the time that those, those fish start, that, that, next, that last year spawn starts getting big enough that you can keep them so there's more numbers. Um, running into that October time frame, I mean, if you're looking for action, you can't beat the shrimp boats. Um, you know, the it's just there's action everywhere, whether it be Bonita, whether it be Blackfin mixed in, uh, Yellowfin. Um, but, you know, the problem the problem we've been having, and, and everybody will attest to this, anybody that does it, is they've gotten so bad, so strict on the shark regulations that their population has exploded. So if you're looking for something to – to pull on a line, and, and you got to remember, anytime you go on tuna fishing, you're going to have the sharks there with you. But I, I would have to say that August through October time frame, because the lump, hey, the lump, they're either there or they're not. You know, that's the beautiful thing about fishing the lump. It's not the captain's fault. The fish are either there or it's not. But for the bigger ones, you would think the the, the spring season, if you wanted quanti- quality over quantity. Uh, there, there, I think I'd have to go that, that February, March, the, that February, March season on the lump. And, and, you know, for the last several years, the midnight lump hasn't had a whole lot on it. It's been that East lump over on the other side of the mouth of the river. Uh, but yeah, if you want the big ones, it's, you know, there's typically the biggest tuna I've ever caught came from behind the shrimp boats. I mean, when I busted 200 pounds on a tuna, it, it was behind a shrimp boat. 
But gotcha. those those fish those fish over on that east lump have been real big the last few years. Darrell, uh, next week we don't have time now. I want to tell you about this uh, Gulf Council request for information on a gag group, and maybe you have some input on that. But for now, if somebody wants to book a trip with you and maybe get a, a Christmas gift certificate, uh, they can find you on my website and tell them some of the other ways they can get in touch with you to sign their, their loved one up for a great Christmas gift. Well, primarily it would either be, you know, DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com or they can get it at RealScreamers.com. Or just pick up the phone, 225-937-6288. All right, my friend, let that front pass through and have a good one this weekend. Thank you, Don. Y'all be good. All right, Daryl Carpenter, realscreamers.com. All right, coming up after the top of the hour break, uh, more fishing reports. Captain Mike Gallo, Brendan Bayard with a paddler's report. Ryan Lambert, we're hoping to talk to Renee Dandry. He's got a duck and goose hunt going up in Stuttgart, Arkansas. Also, we got the bad boys uh, buying and selling flying squirrels. This is a first on the outdoor show, I think. We've had so many. Sometimes you lose track. Plus more fishing reports, your text messages, 504-260-1870, right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And welcome back into our number two of the Outdoor Show. Boy, what a busy weekend this is going to be. we got a frontal system moving through the area, uh, extending from Mississippi, Alabama, down through Bogalusa. Looks like it's about uh, now over Lake Pontchartrain's western area, and then extending on through uh, Cajun country on down to the Gulf of Mexico. It's moving rather rapidly. Should be out of here by late this morning, maybe an afternoon, depending on where you're listening to us. It takes longer out in the east when you get these fronts coming in from the northwest. Hopefully it'll bring some good cooler air and uh, make all these hunters real happy. And we got a lot of hunters out there. Also have a lot of announcements to, to make that came in during this week. Uh, one thing I want to do is congratulate uh, you, the Louisiana hunters, for helping Louisiana hunters for the hungry this past year. Uh, the donations from the license sales, you can make a donation. Uh, those have increased by 25%. Uh, the clean-out you're freezing today, that was uh, collecting 24,000 pounds, and that's despite all of the COVID-19 complications. Uh, they collected over 800 deer that were donated to the network of 60 processors across the state. Their goal this year for the current season if they can top a thousand deer if you'd like to help them you know a lot of you have a, a, an excess of deer and you get your freezer stocked and uh, you're still seeing a lot of does out there and you pass them up maybe take one and, and donate it to one of these processors who donate their time and effort and help the hungry it's a great program it provides a badly needed nutrition for a lot of folks and let me tell you it's a great public relations move for hunters now uh, last week the topic came up about uh, breasting out ducks and i had a conversation with julie grunwald with the hunters for the hungry about possibly utilizing the legs the back the neck the wing meat when hunters discard that and we're kind of working on maybe find, figuring out a way where we can tie those in as being donations to the hunters for the hungry where they could certainly put that to good use so I'm going to ask you, if you've got any suggestions on how that could work, maybe freezing the carcasses, maybe having a day where volunteers who will accept those and continue to clean them and remove the, the meat that's still there and get it to Hunters for the Hungry. Anyway, we're trying to formulate some good use for that. Uh, but, you know, they're not gonna, most of the ducks I clean, I'm, I'll pluck them. I'm kind of old school when it comes to that. But if circumstances warrant, sometimes I will just do the breast thing, depending on the recipe I'm doing too. So anyway, we'll 
get to that later. But I do have some more information here on what I mentioned to Daryl Carpenter. Uh, scientists in the Gulf of Mexico are working on a stock assessment of gag grouper, and they're asking offshore fishermen if you've got any things you've observed about those, and even uh, spear fishermen too, uh, in, including strange things. I'm not sure what they mean by that, but they would like you to respond. You can go to Something's Fishy with Gag, and they're looking for this information before January 10th if you can help them out. Something else a lot of you have been waiting for, the online-only hunter education certification. Uh, the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries has been working on this, seems like, for a whole year. Uh, January 2nd, coming up in a few weeks, if you're 16 years of age or older and you want to get certified, you will be able to do the complete process online. You will not be required to go to the field and, and actually shoot the firearms. Now, if you're under 16, you have to take the traditional course, which will be offered, by the way. So hopefully that launch will be successful and effective January 2nd. Louisiana will be, like many other states, offering online hunter education courses. Another thing that came out this week was if you've been around the marshes of south Louisiana, particularly along the Mississippi River around the Audubon Zoo area, you've probably noticed uh, some newer residents over the past several years, those black-bellied whistling ducks. Some people call them Mexican squealers or whistling ducks. Well, they've now discovered that there's been so many of them, and they've been uh, feeding in close proximity to each other in that area. They've found some that have tested positive for avian cholera, and this could amount to basically a duck pandemic. It's very, very contagious among waterfowl. Uh, in some instances, it can spread to humans, so they suggest you avoid contact. You will see these birds. They're disoriented. Sometimes there's mucus coming out of the bill. If you see a sick Particularly whistling duck, uh, you might want to report it, but certainly don't touch it. And uh, they're hoping that they can clean this up pretty quickly and can prevent it from spreading any further. All right, we come back after this. Uh, Captain Mike Gallo joins us. We'll get a fishing report on Lake Bourne, Lake Pontchartrain, Mississippi Coast, Chef Area. That's his neck of the woods, and he'll tell you where to find them and how to catch them. That's next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And it's time to talk to Captain Mike Gallo and get his fishing report for you. It's brought to you each week by Seto. Yep, this is a great time to talk about Seto for $179 a year. What a great Christmas gift it is. Give the gift of peace of mind, knowing that whoever the owner is will have fuel dropped off when and where they need it. Tow-ins available 24-7. Jumpstart electrical problems. They will get you back safely off the water. It's like a AAA policy. Call Captain Chris, 504 301 4545, or you can go to com. Captain Mike is with us now. And, uh, Mike, did you have the same issue as a lot of our reporters this week trying to find some water to catch fish? Was it low in your areas? It was very low uh, the days that I fished in the marsh. Um, I didn't really find that necessarily negative. I knew the redfish weren't so far back in the grass I couldn't get to them. They were pretty much in the bayous or reachable areas because there was a lack of water. So the two days that I fished for redfish, Wednesday and Thursday, I did very well on them. Probably saw over 100 each day. One day we fished with shrimp under a cork, found an intersection where two bayous were crossing and anchored right there, put the power poles down and sat there for 45 minutes and we had our 10. Caught another five and let them go just for fun and decided to go see if we could find some trout. 
second day that I fished in the marsh, same scenario. We just stayed on the trolling motor and threw plastics. The Matrix Craw was very effective, rigged weedless, and we also threw some spoons. One of the things that happens when that water is real low, I think those redfish get really spooky. So a gold spoon, you can really cast it a long ways. And we did the same thing. We would power pole down, maybe sit still and quiet for five or ten minutes, sort of let the redfish forget we were there, and then we could see them, and we'd make casts to them, and some would bite and some wouldn't. But it by 11 o'clock, my client and I, I had one, one guy fishing with me. We caught and released 20. So the red fishing in the marsh was not a problem with the low water. Earlier in the week, I fished down by the Mystigo and the wall area, and we threw matrix shad plastics in green hornet color on a 3-8-ounce jig head and caught good numbers of speckle trout and nice-sized speckle trout up to 17 inches. So it's been a it's been a good week so far. Looks like today we'll sit on land until this weather passes by and hopefully get a window of opportunity to sneak out behind it. Um, you know, you mentioned that power pole, you know, uh, powering down and, and being able to fish. You know, that, that to me, Mike, has got to be the greatest invention for professional guides, uh, along with the GPS, to come along in decades. I mean, think about how much uh, effort that saves you guys from throwing the sticks down, you know, the spears, anchors, and all that kind of stuff, and pulling it back up again. It is just so easy and so effective. But then again, that, that new remote control trolling motor that'll hold you in place, that's that's pretty powerful too. So a lot of things that keep you guys fishing for a lot longer. You're right, Don, and, and I'm very much like you were mentioning that you were sort of old school. I didn't have power poles until two years ago. Uh, ordered my boat from Skeeter and it came in late and I borrowed the dealer's boat and he had power poles on his and I only had his boat for about a month but in that month I got to where I liked the power poles <laughs> really yep. effective in fishing wind or you know if I'm going down the bank like I was uh, Thursday with my client and see a little school of six redfish heading towards us I have a little remote hanging around my neck pressed down I stop right in, right in place. We don't drift up on them. You know, you're floating towards them. They're swimming towards you. It cuts down on your time to make an accurate cast. If I can stop the boat, now they're coming towards us. It gives us a little bit more time to make a better presentation and hopefully hook up with one of those fish. I don't have to worry about the wind blowing me on one of the shorelines or pushing me up on ground. I'm sitting right where I'm at. I can net the fish, we can take pictures of the fish, release the fish, or keep it, whatever our choice happens to be. So, yeah, yeah they're very, very helpful. I don't know why I was hard-headed and didn't get them for so long. Yep, and uh, make a great Christmas gift to give give somebody a power pole setup, that's for sure. Well, Mike, listen, I want to know uh, about one of the stellar trips that you've had over the past couple of weeks. I know you got a chance to fish with the great Gary Rispone. Tell me how that was. <laughs> Well, I'm going to blame you a little bit. I was leery of fishing with the Black Cloud for many years, but he's fairly persistent. And I, Fairly I said, yeah, persistent. Let's, let's That's a it. delicate way of putting it. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I'm trying to be politically correct. Anyway, he was fairly persistent. 
and we had a trip set up for last Monday that didn't happen due to weather, and we pushed it back to this Tuesday. Um, and sometimes I remember Frank Moore saying, I'd rather be lucky than good. And we were headed down the intercoastal waterway, going to fish in the Mr. Go. As we approached the lock, there was a huge tugboat pushing nine barges through the locks. And he wasn't moving very fast. There certainly was no room for me to go between him and the lock. I wasn't going to do anything like that. So I just pulled over to the side. There's a little metal bulkhead there that we've caught fish at over the last couple of weeks. And there was no boats there. So I decided, well, we can kill 15 minutes here and either figure out there's fish here or eliminate this spot and let that tug go through the locks. Well, we never moved again. We sat right there and ended up catching 30 beautiful trout. By 11 o'clock, the tide stopped, the bite stopped, and we decided to head on in, try to catch a few bass and redfish along the way, but that didn't work out for us. We had a couple of bass and one redfish. So... But the trout were beautiful. I call them obvious fish. I don't need the root. I don't need to put them on a ruler at all. Nice fish. Sound like the black cloud took a vacation, maybe, and left you guys alone at least for once. <laughs> and he caught fish. We did well. I did a little coaching. He had a friend with him, and we just had perfect conditions. No wind at all, so you could really, you know, help somebody watch his line, figure out when it sets on the bottom lift it slowly, drag it slowly, and I told him, if anything changes, set the hook. And fortunately, the fish were pretty aggressive, and we all caught fish. We even tried to get Chris to pick up a rod, but he, he seems to like the camera better than the fishing rod. So Yes, he does, and he does a great one. job on it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, sounds good, Mike. Thank you for the report. And, uh, again, this is Christmas shopping season, and one of the things you offer is lodging and fishing trips, and you can get a gift certificate. Tell them how to get it. Very simple. You can find me on DonTheOutdoorsGuide.com, my website, which is AAofLA.com, or call me on the telephone, 711. They're not traveling too far. I think we could them in people's hands before they uh, before Christmas is upon us. All right, I'll give that number out because you broke up a little bit, 985-781-7811. Thank you, Captain Mike. Uh, Y'all let that front get through and have a great day, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Don. We'll talk to you then. All right, and there he goes with his theme song, Born on the Bayou. You, the audience, picked that out for him, too. Good choice, I think. All right, coming back next, if you like to paddle for fish, canoe, pirog, Tom Sawyer, raft, whatever, Brendan Bayard joins us to update us. Hope he's not getting wet because I think his area is under a little bit of a frontal system passage. We'll find out right after this time out on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And it's time for our paddler's report. We get Brendan Bayard to fill in and do that every other week. And, uh, Brendan, I've been watching the weather for you on the radar. <laughs> that area you picked today, fish on Highway 1, looks like right about this time of the day you're going to be getting the worst of it. What's your plan down there, and what are you seeing? Uh, I'm going to hang close to the road this morning, Don. I'm going to uh, fish for a couple of hours. I'm going to keep my phone really close to me, keep an eye on that radar, and just kind of jump out really quick and uh, go get uh, a big breakfast or something whenever that front comes through and then hop back out. The good thing, uh, there's always plenty of places that are good to fish 
really close to the launch. You have a kayak and you can and launch anywhere down LA one. You can pick any little ditch or bay or, or go in there for, you know, an hour, uh, you know, or 30 minutes if you need to and uh, get some, get some fishing done and, and get out quickly. Last night we got here with probably about an hour to fish and we launched and caught probably 15 trout with in an hour and got off uh, the water right at dark. And, Besides the nets, it was pretty heavenly. So I hope that uh, that repeats today. We can do what we did in one hour today here and there. We'll be, we'll be pretty good. The water's low this morning, but the water's clean. So we'll hopefully after this wind, uh, it stays pretty clean. But the the trout were really uh, really nice, uh, uh, biting pretty good. We had some uh, action on corks. I had a little voodoo under the cork, and then we also had some action on top water. So it was pretty good. Yeah, it doesn't get much better than that. Decent-sized trout on top waters and corks. Uh, the only problem is going to be, can you get them? How much wind is going to be behind this frontal system when it passes? And I don't think they're calling for a real hard, hard, stiff wind for any length of time. And I guess you can always duck into a, a lee area if you need to. Yeah, use that Google map and kind of find some barriers, some uh, roadways that, that block that south wind from you. I think that's the best move uh, on days like today where uh, you, you really want to go fishing, but the weather's not just perfect for you. So it's going to make do and, uh, you know, pick some high banks and some trees and some canals to duck into and, and make the best of it. But it uh, should be pretty good, and I'm sure we'll have a mess of fish at the end of the day to clean. And I got my uh, I got my bibs and my, uh, my rain jacket I bought uh, from AFCO um, before I went to Sweden a couple of years ago. So I, I got my heavy-duty rain gear in case uh in case i want to stay out here <laughs> sounds like you're well prepared brendan we were talking with mike gallo just a few minutes ago about the power pole and what a great invention that is for mars fishermen what about for paddlers what do you use to spike down with them? i mean i believe they have power poles for kayaks correct oh you're you're speaking my language don i have a, a micro uh, on the back of my hobie uh i have two brackets on on my outback and my pa and i just move my my micro power pole between each unit depending on which boat i'm using that day and i have a the little necklace with the little button on the end of it just like mike does if i'm standing up and i'm drifting across a pond and i see a red i can just double click that that button power pole down grab my rod really quietly and, and make the cast it's a it's a great tool and uh I definitely recommend it for any kayaker that, that really likes to kayak fish and does it, you know, just more than just uh, a few times a year. It's, it's a great, great investment and uh, makes it a lot funner to fish. For people who just the light bulb went off in their head and say, man, I know somebody that fishes out of a kayak and they could really use that power pole. What are you looking at uh, the cost wise for that, that unit? Uh, I think the unit is $600 and then you can outfit it, uh, in different ways if you would like a rechargeable battery pack they have those options you can hardwire it to a bigger battery inside your hole you can get uh they have aluminum spikes they have uh, lightweight spikes they have longer you know you can if you fish deep water they make an eight foot and then there's a six foot and there's different lengths um you know so there's there's some options out there and then uh, the quick will quick release uh, bracket that goes on the back you can get extra brackets like i did and mount them between multiple kayaks so that if you like a bigger boat on some days when you're standing up and sight fishing and you like a little faster sleeper boat when you're going longer distances to catch trout uh, that's kind of what i use mine between the two uh and it's worked nicely and uh i've had it for years it, it works great yep 
wouldn't leave home without it, I'm sure. Great product, great uh, philosophy on using that because, especially for tournament fishermen, I mean, it's been a godsend, and those things are great. Well, Brendan, thanks so much. Hope things work out for you. Let that weather get through, and hope you put some trout in the boat, and we'll catch up with you in a couple of weeks. All right. Thanks, Don. Take care. All right. Brendan Bayard, one of our two paddlers reporters. That report, by the way, is brought to you by the Paiute Coast Kayak Fishing Club. It's a presentation of Massey's. You're going to find them in mid-city New Orleans, Covington, Baton Rouge, offering the best kayak fishing models from brands like Hobie, Jackson, and Native Watercraft. Check the website out, MasseyOutfitters.com, or check them out on Facebook, and they might just have one of those mini power poles for you. Coming back after this, it's bad boy time. Two guys... uh, discussing and and actually completing a transaction involving flying squirrels. They are now bad boys of the outdoors. Their story's next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque radio network. We get text messages in each and every week, and we got several of them this morning. We got the Convent Hunting Club checking in. They're going to load the dogs. Uh, after a weekend of building those bonfires, which is a cr- Christmas tradition up that river on the levee, uh, they are going to be in the hunting mode. they got beagles, running rabbits is the name of the game, and the game is on. He's wishing good luck to everyone in the outdoors. Uh, we also have Bart checking in from Baxterville, Mississippi. He's uh, hunting uh, with the front. Uh, got deer on the way in during the dark. He saw a deer all over the road on the way to the deer stand. Yes, they probably will be moving between rut and weather. Should be a good deer morning. All right, we have someone here enjoying the show. Oh, that's uh, Lafayette Yacker getting windshield time in Lower Vermilion Parish, waiting for the paddler's report. Hope you enjoyed it. We just had it. And then we have someone wanting the name of that fish line Jeff Brew was talking about. That is Berkeley Fluoro Shield. It's a combination of fluorocarbon and regular line. Gives you the best of both worlds. Uh, here's one yesterday morning. A kayaker went to the non-motorized launch in Big Branch National Wildlife Refuge. Water was too low to launch for a kayak. That had to be low. Uh, also saw a deer had been poached. The head had been cut off and the antlers taken off. Not good. Reported it to the Na- National Wildlife Refuge. Good job. All right, we have a disabled veteran listening uh, every week. Been fishing out of Happy Jack off the bank for many years. Last weekend started catching fish, and lo and behold, we were told there was no fishing from there no longer. I don't get it. Why would people stop those who don't have access to boats from fishing from the bank for many years? During this pandemic, those without jobs trying to put a few fair game on the table. That's from Ying Ling and the boys. Well, I don't know the circumstances there. You know, it could be a liability concern or whatever, but... Yeah, it's uh, getting tougher and tougher to find bank fishing spots. All right, uh, right after this quick 10-second pause, we're going to tell you the story of a couple of guys engaged in a transaction involving flying squirrels. Yes, right after this, uh, where we let our local stations tell you who they are and where they are along the outdoors with Don Dubuque. Corporal Cullum Schecksneider of Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Enforcement Division got a tip like the ones that initiate so many of our bad boy cases back on October 20th, about Dylan Morisi offering to sell two live flying squirrels on social media, where so many of our bad boys incriminate themselves, for the amount of $400. After making contact with Morisi at his residence, the agent learned that Morisi had sold the two flying squirrels to Jesse Floyd for $500. The agent seized the two squirrels from Floyd, returned them to the wild where they belong. Floyd and Marisi both admitted to the buying and selling of the flying squirrels for $500. For possession of live non-game quadrupeds without a permit, 
and buying a wild quadruped, quadruped, another name for a four-legged animal, facing a maximum of $1,250 fine and 90 days in jail is 41-year-old Jesse Floyd of New Iberia, and for selling wild non-game quadrupeds, facing a $750 fine and 30 days in jail, is 25-year-old Dylan Morisi of New Iberia, our bad boys of the outdoors. Uh, whoever thought they'd be selling Rocky, Rocky the Flying Squirrel. Anyway, <laughs> don't forget in a couple of weeks, be tuned in. We want you, the audience, to, ha- to make the selection of the baddest of the bad. We're going to have probably the, the most serious and egregious cases that we said uh, we revealed to you all year long, and you get the vote, and we'll announce who the winner of that, uh, that, that very lucrative award is to be named. What an honor to be the baddest of the bad. All right, we come back after this, Ryan Lambert. Get a recap on the first split of duck season and get a fishing report from Lower Plaquemines Parish. It's next on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And if you're a first-time listener and wonder why we call Ryan Lambert the plastic man, it's obvious. The man just does not like the smell of shrimp on his fingers, so he uses plastic. Captain Ryan Lambert joins us. Ryan, I'm looking at the uh, the radar here, and you're in that position this morning, you and the boys. Uh, do you go out and try to get a couple hours or so in before it hits, or do you kind of hang back and let that baby roll through and then go out behind it? What's the plan this morning? Well, they're going to they're gonna go go out right now and try to get some, some fish in there and uh... – see what it's going to look like and then they you know they watch the radar real close and they could come right in or they got places they could shelter in if it's going to be short so you know we just have to we watch it every day <laughs> especially in the summertime you know these cold fronts they're going to come through and sometimes they come through pretty quick if they do you know it, it when it gets down south like that it can open up a little bit so you just have to play it you know as long as there's no lightning we're good with it yeah, sometimes it just peters out, burns itself out, and hardly anything might get a little drizzle when it gets to you down there because you are about the last piece of land <laughs> to the east and south of, <laughs> of Louisiana. Yeah, we way south uh, and way east. Yes, indeed. How was uh, did, did you have? Were you guys affected by all that low water this week that other people had experienced? Sure, everybody is. I mean, I'm <laughs> we special, but we're not that special. <laughs> you, yeah. <laughs> But uh, the fish have been good. I mean, good grief. The boys have been on, on some serious redfish. You know, when it's good, they're getting some trout too. But there's, there's a lot of bull reds, and they've been having a lot of fun. You so, know, I uh, saw one of uh, the, the harem members, Sarah Giles. Did you see that 40-inch redfish? I saw that 40-inch she got. Yeah, I, I bet did. she was screaming on that one, huh? <laughs> she was. She had it on an eight-weight too, so. Yeah, I talked wow. to her yesterday. We after Christmas we're gonna get together and, and me and her and 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 uh, Laney all gonna go whack a bunch of those because there's a lot of them around right now. And the colder it gets, and it's gonna get real cold later this week in the 30s. So if the water is gonna get clearer and clearer and clearer, and it's gonna be really nice, and we'll be able to sight fish those big girls. I know where there's a bunch of them, and and a lot of keepers too. So you know we're gonna go out and have some good times. You know, as you well, know, I'll tell you I like what, that's a, I fish like fish. 
I, you know, you got to give her credit for some fishing skills to land on, on an eight-weight fly rod, a 40-inch redfish. A lot of people have trouble with a bait caster or a spinning reel, and to do it with a fly rod, that's an accomplished fisher person. So congratulations oh, to Sarah on that, that great catch. My hair's a special bunch, buddy. They can, they can get it done. They can <laughs> shoot the ducks. They can, they can fish. I mean, you know, no, just not every guy, girl can just jump in the harem. I mean, that's it. No, they gotta have they gotta have certain qualities. I tell you what, you got some good ones that can cook pretty good too. You know, so that that's an oh, added plus. Boy. Yeah, I sure. Well, Ryan, do. if hey. you would, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to ask you to kind of recap the first split of duck season and what are you going to forecast now, given what we've seen the first split. What's going to happen on the second second half? Well, what, what's going to happen is this cold weather is going to push the ducks down. And when they come through Arkansas, it's bone dry. It is bone dry. Everything up there is bone dry. So the ducks have to come down. And, you know, we killed right at 2,000 the first split. I mean, it was fabulous. I mean, it's the best duck season I've seen in a while. And we have no food. I mean, (laughs) you know, they got the duck potato roots. And there's some aquatic vegetation coming back, believe it or not. It's starting to green up a little bit. But uh, it was a special season, and a, and a lot of good ducks too. I think um, I think we're going to have more canvasbacks and redheads a second split. That's normal. Uh, we killed a few greenheads this this last week, so I think we'll get a couple of more mallards, which is very unusual. But if it's so dry up north, they're going to come. And uh, at first, we had tons of widgeons. And I haven't seen them this week, you know, just a, a flock here or there. But we were killing – everybody was killing widgeons. But um, they've, they've, they've kind of waned or, or went somewhere else for different food. But the pintails, oh, my gosh, we got pintails. It's, it's, it's going to be good. This is the best season we've seen in a while. And, and we, uh, we're going to be out there every day. But there's a lot, a lot of low tide. There's, there's between the, the, the 9th and 15th of January, we can't even hunt. Now, if we get some wind, you know, I'm not going to book it with customers, but if we get some wind to push water in, you know, I'll get the harem and, and you know, uh, <laughs> Mr. Carl, Mr. Carl, and, and we're going to get you down, too. you got to come hunt. So uh, if we get some wind, we're going to go. And plus, there's some blinds that I can hunt. But you just can't book it because if you get a calm day with a negative one foot of tide, I mean, <laughs> you're not killing ducks. I mean, that's plain and simple. So. You know, I, I don't even book it. It hurts as bad for, for you know, business-wise, but you got to do the right thing. Got it. All right, well, it sounds good. Uh, y'all uh, hopefully can get some fishing in with that little frontal system front and back. And if somebody wants to get in touch with you and get some of those dates that you do have for either fishing and or hunting, do the blast and cast. Uh, tell them how to get a hold of you. Yeah, they can they can go to CajunFishingAdventures.com and check it all out, or they can call me direct at 504 504- Five five nine five one one one, and I do have a few of those dates uh, for ducks still. So you know, in January I got a few. So uh, yeah, it's a special season. Come get you some. And, and the people up north, I mean, the wintertime fishing here is unbelievable, and we don't have any snow or ice. That's it. No, none, none that we can count on. That's for sure. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, one last right. question. I'm. I'm getting some text messages in. They want to know if you have any openings for that harem. Are you taking any applications right now, or is it pretty much closed? No, they just they just have to uh, send a picture of their boat. <laughs> like <laughs> like they tell the guys, you know, you got to have a boat, send a picture of the boat. Yeah, we you, 
they, there's a lot of girls that want to get in on that because Martha, every day Martha sends me another, this one wants to go, this one wants to go, so bring them, bring them. Let's yeah. take them all. And so yeah, there's, a there's lot more of and more people getting into hunting this year. The, the license were up like 37 million in the, in the United States, and one-third of those are women getting into hunting. It's a great sport. Get out the house and come do it, girls. I mean, it's wonderful. Yeah. The secret's out. It's no longer a guy's thing for sure. Shouldn't be. <laughs> All right, Ryan, we'll catch up with you next week, my friend. See you then. All right, my friend. I'm going to Mexico today. We're going to whack some other birds. <laughs> you speak their language. You should be in good shape. <laughs> <laughs> Foul talk, baby. <laughs> we'll see you. <laughs> All right. Vaya con Dios. All right. We come back after this. So we'll see if we can catch up with Renee Dandry. He's a great duck and goose caller, but he's up there in Stuttgart looking around. Hopefully we can make contact with him. We'll do that right after this time out on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, we have not yet been able to make contact with Renee Dandry. He's up in Stuttgart, Arkansas, doing some hunting up there, and hopefully the hunting is so good he hadn't been able to put the shotgun down and pick up the cell phone to call us. If we do get him, we'll get him to chat with us for a little bit. All right, when I finish my mission here in Alabama, when my undercover work is done, I'm going to be doing a little bit of Christmas shopping. I'm going to stop over at Marsh and Bayou's a new location in Mandeville on Highway 190, also known as Florida. Uh, they got some great gift ideas over there. Maybe I'll see you over there today. Um, they're open from 9 to 5 today. It's Martian Bayou's new location in Mandeville. Got some great uh, new products that they've got over there, too. All right. Uh, also, I wanted to mention to you, um, you know, the, 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 the text message board remains open, and I got some text coming in here. Brett Galatis. He says, looks like the second split should be good. Uh, duck hunting, he's still, still seeing a lot of ducks in the bayou in front of the house, and that is in the Bayou Liberty area. Also have a question text in, what is a good radar to put on my phone for hunting and fishing? Uh, I'll tell you a good one. Um, the WWL-TV, who I work with, uh, they have their marine and boating forecast. They've got radar shots, and they've probably got a dozen of them from extended way out for the entire Gulf of Mexico into very narrow areas of interest. And it's it's, it's easy to get, and uh, it's in real time. Uh, it shows the movement of it. It's in color. Uh, that's the one that I use in most cases. There's lots of them out there. You could Google it and put them in all day long. National Weather Service has some. But uh, that one seems to be a, a very easy one to read, and especially if you want to bounce around and find specific areas that you're interested in checking out. All right, uh, here's one that says the bonfires are being canceled on the river this year because of the COVID. Well, what else is new? I'm not surprised. Eric is hunting in a beater. He said he attached a picture. Eric, can't get pictures on this text. Uh, you're going to have to send it to my email, dontheoutdoorsguy.com, and look for the Contact Don button, and I'll be able to get your pictures. He says he's got two flyers in his box stand in a beater. What kind of flyers are in your deer stand? I don't know. And here's one that says, Don, you need a second-year end category, dumbest bad boy, advertising illegal catches on social media, Dumb, dumb, dumb. But I got to tell you, there's so many of them that do it. Um, it's like some of them want to, you know, turn it into a business, like the guy selling the flying squirrels. But other ones, you know, they go out and they'll they'll kill something illegally, and they just got to brag. So what do they do? They put it on their Facebook page, and you know, wildlife and fishery agents they probably just sit there scrolling through Facebook and social media, and they find it all kind of 
leads to investigate and, and, and bring these guys to justice. So anyway, I got a, a, a whole bunch of more of them that, that were turned in. This is the busy time of the year for the enforcement agents. And, you know, we owe those guys a, a debt of gratitude because most of them, they got into it because they love the outdoors. They're sportsmen. They like to hunt and fish. And this is the best time of the year for it. Everything's in all the hunting seasons. They got fresh and saltwater fishing's good. And what are they doing? They're out there trying to check and stop people, and, and they're working. So we, we thank them for doing that. Uh, very dedicated people to take that job. And it's not like, you know, police force. You don't have a lot of backup, and uh, pretty much everyone that you run into during hunting season has, has got a firearm, and we know how that can turn out sometimes. All right, well, we thank you for tuning in. hope you'll tune us in again next week. Every, every week we come on at 5 a.m., and we broadcast across the network. We've got special Christmas programming coming up. Uh, we'll try to help you maybe shop for some last-minute gifts as we get a little bit closer. By the way, we had a, several orders came in for the St. Hubert Prayer in Print. You know, I named my broadcast studio in honor of uh, the patron saint of hunters, and it makes a great gift, and it's very unlikely that uh, the hunter on your list that has a camp actually has one of those. So it's a unique gift. You'll find it on my website, and I believe they're running a two-for-one special. So good news is you get to keep one for yourself and also get a very, very unique gift. That's at DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com. Don't forget to watch our Bayou Wild TV. We're going to be kicking off Season 6 very shortly. Got some great fishing and hunting adventures, some cultural adventures uh, that we're going to be showing you all during the coming year. Our 100th episode, we'll be celebrating that one too, kind of taking a look back at the first 100 and hopefully we'll have another 100 for you. Thanks again for tuning in. Have a great weekend. Watch that weather. Get out behind it or in front of it. And we'll see you next week on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.